you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Let's just say this, 
the better you preach with me, the easier it'll be to find an exit ramp to heaven. And so we'll just take as long as it takes. How about that? Well, we're here. I'm going to be mindful of your time. Some of you still haven't smiled. I've tried. I've tried. I'm going to learn to juggle, and that'll get you. That'll get you to smile right there. Amen. Exodus chapter 24 and Luke chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, reading verse number 12. Say amen if you're ready for the reading of the word. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me unto into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Luke chapter 24, verse number 48 through 50. And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, everybody say wait, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until, everybody say until, until ye be endued with power from on led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. By the help of the Lord tonight, I want to talk to you about two words that I have just asked you to repeat out of the 49th verse of the 24th chapter of Luke. Wait until, wait until. Lord, help me tonight to deliver, Lord, the words and the thought that you have placed upon my heart. I pray, God, that you would open our minds to your word tonight and to the concepts that you have laid in my spirit. Do what only you can do tonight. Touch a man's heart and change a man's heart by your power and spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, wait until, and you can be seated. I noticed eight kids just started flinching when somebody turned to them and said, wait until afraid what that ending was going to be. Just kidding. I don't like waiting. I think that's probably a natural thing for most of us. The Lord has to teach us to wait. Waiting is not something that comes easy to some of us. I, I like to be prompt and on time. I don't like to wait. Um, Christmas time comes around. Uh, my wife doesn't like to wait. She's usually pretty patient. Um, until Christmas comes. When she was a little girl, I heard stories of her going and unwrapping Christmas gifts under the tree to see what she had and wrapping them back in her mom, never knowing that she already knew what she was going to get on Christmas morning. She couldn't wait. I don't like waiting. I, I doubt any of us truly like waiting in the truest sense. I'm sure if I was to ask this amazing youth group, how many of them just enjoy waiting, I'm sure they would all jump up and say, yeah, that's me. I, I'm, I'm patient to do it. Nobody likes waiting. The scripture is replete with stories of Bible characters who had to learn to wait. Abraham and Sarah waited for the promised child. Joseph waited for the fulfillment of a dream. Hannah waited for Samuel. David waited, although he was anointed king, he had to wait before he could 
be a, before he could operate as king. J- Job waited for restoration to come back to his life. Noah built an ark while he waited. Nehemiah built a wall while he waited. Jeremiah prophesied, and then he waited. Jacob waited for a wife. Jonah waited in the fish's belly. Daniel waited in the lion's den. Paul waited in a prison cell, and Lazarus waited in a tomb. And then there's Moses. A little excerpt of Scripture that I pulled out tonight to try to draw an Old Testament, New Testament parallel tonight. Moses waited on a mountain to meet with God, and he waited. Moses went to the mountain because he was called there by God. The Lord said, come up to the mountain, and I will meet you there. But when he got there, things didn't look the way that he had possibly imagined that the mountaintop experience with God was supposed to look. Anybody okay in the room tonight? When God opened the door for Annette and I to come here to this church and pastor over 20 years ago, things didn't look like they look today. I see a little more clearly now. The pain is gone. Or was it the rain is gone? That's what I was looking for. But God put vision in us and for this city and for this region. And many of us can likely go back to defining points, defining places, and defining moments in the journey that got us to where we are. I saw some pictures a few days ago of the Delphi Avenue building and a young couple with vision that was larger than they were. And I almost wondered who that young couple was. And then I recognized this. Now when I look back and I see where we started and I see where we've come from and how far God has brought us, I realize that God has been with us all along the way. But regardless of the miracles of getting this far and the miracle of the great people who have come to partner with us to grow this church and now looking at this building that we sit in and seeing by faith where we are going to and all the great people that have been added to the church throughout the years, Yet without a doubt, there are still moments that we question. God, was that really your voice that led me here to where I am? God, was it really you that that called me? God, was it really you that, that spoke and told me to meet you here on this mountain? Moses was called by God to go to a mountain And the Lord told him to come up to the mountain where he already was and that he would meet them there. God told Moses that he was going to give him instruction once he arrived on the mountain. He said, I will give you tables of stone and law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. So God is telling Moses, you come up to the mountain and when you get here, 
on the mountain. Then I will give you instruction of what you are supposed to do. That's a hard task to begin with. For us to blindly just say, yes, I'm going to go climb up a mountain because the Lord said go climb up a mountain. Climb a mountain because the Lord said he was there and when you get here, then I will leave you direction. This is also a thread all through Scripture. The Scripture says Abraham went out not knowing the land for which he was going. How many of us want to go out and sojourn in a land and not even knowing where we're going? That's, that's how, how, how the Scripture is, is replete with stories that over and again point us in a direction of God saying, I just want you to come to the mountain and meet me here. I just want you to take a step of faith. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I'm not going to tell you what the end's going to look like. I'm just calling you to do something, and it means that you're going to have to go out without all the information. But here's where the rubber meets the road. In this simple message that I'm bringing you tonight, when Moses arrived there on the mountain thinking that God would meet him there, when he got there, he didn't find God there. Now that's not part of the story that we calculate and, and we think through and we imagine, oh, this is exactly where God is going to be and we get there and he's not there. We're not expecting that. He didn't tell us that part of the story. He just said, climb up the mountain and I will meet you there. He, he arrives thinking, well, God's just going to meet me when I get here. But the Bible said that when he arrived, there appeared unto him a thick cloud. Are you with me tonight? He said there was a thick cloud that met him on the mountain. Now you can imagine what it's like to go up a mountain, get there expecting to meet God. But when you get there, all you see is a thick cloud. Visibility is limited. All the things that accompany a thick cloud on a mountain, maybe the humidity would have been high, maybe heavy moisture in the air. He couldn't see where he was going. Perhaps it would have been gloomy and dark. There was a cloud that showed up on the mountain, and so he thinks, well, God is going to meet me here. Maybe he gets on the mountain and even finds himself seeking to find where God is. Let me stop and preach a moment of application here of how many of us have ever climbed up the mountain feeling that God has spoken to us, called us to climb the mountain, but when we get there, we don't find Him and we find ourselves saying, God, are you here? Or, or maybe I should look for somebody else on the mountain. Is there another voice I should listen to? Is there somewhere else I should go? Did I climb the right mountain? God, was it really your voice that called me up the mountain? And you can fill in the blank with all of the, of the questions that we have when we climb a mountain in the will of God, doing the purpose of God, un, in, inside the will and plan of God to get there and God not be where we think he ought to be. Called by God to go. I'll give you instruction. God said that he was going to give him the instruction once he arrived. But all that shows up is a cloud. And the cloud 
didn't dissipate toward the evening, but the next day he wakes up and there's a cloud. And day three and four and five, and for six days, the Bible said, upon the mountain there was a cloud that appeared unto Moses. All he sees for six days is a thick cloud on the mountain. He went there expecting to find God. He went there expecting direction. But all that he saw when he got there was a cloud. I wonder how often that you and I are in the will of God but it doesn't look the way that we think it ought to look. Am I talking to anybody tonight? We go there expecting something much different than what we experienced, and we start thinking that the experience must, must mean that God is not there or that we're out of the will of God or this is not what God wants for our life. We're expecting to have a 50-soul revival, but instead we lose five families. We're expecting to be blessed and running over, but instead the company downsizes. We're expecting our children to be saved, but instead we find ourselves in marital crisis. He goes up the mountain and God doesn't meet him there. This is a very usual, unusual thing. God tells Moses, go up the mountain with very little instruction. But when he got there, he didn't find God. That's unusual. That's not what he had experienced beforehand through the years. I, I've learned some things. And that is that mountain climbing and pastoring have a whole lot in common. Mountain climbing is hard. It's not for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of work to climb a mountain. It can be a lonely venture. The dedication in long hours crescendo for a moment at Sunday at altar call and then you're right back to another week of seeking God. Hard work trying to keep marriages together and people happy enough to show back up the next week. I'm not complaining, but it's not for the faint of heart. When Moses arrives expecting to find God there, he gets there, but he doesn't find God. Instead, he's met with a cloud. There's no God. There's no voice. There's no fire. There's no Shekinah glory. Everything that he had anticipated wasn't there. Oh, let me preach to you for a few moments tonight. We've been climbing up the mountain for a, a little over a week now. We've got about 40 days of a journey of climbing up the mountain of prayer and of fasting. And God's going to meet us. But there's going to be somebody inevitably. Somebody's going to get there at the top of the mountain. And God's going to give you a word in the journey. And God's going to speak to you. But when you get there, you're going to look around. And it's not going to look the way you think it's going to look. It's not going to feel the way you thought it was going to feel. Oh, it felt great and sounded great when God said climb the mountain. But now that you're there, it's going to look differently than it looked before. I'm going ahead and preaching this now instead of after the awakening so you can get your mind wrapped around what God is doing in this hour. Sometimes you get there and all you're going to see on the mountain is a cloud. The cloud, the Bible said, covered the mountain. I don't like dreary, cloudy days. 
That's not how it was supposed to go on the mountain. In there, alone, without meeting God, without anybody, nobody was there. There was no social media to take the great shot and share with friends and see how many likes that we get. None of those things existed. Moses was alone on a mountain six days without the voice of God, without the presence of God, without the power of God. God was supposed to meet him there to give him direction. But now he's five days and still no voice. Can you imagine what goes through his mind? I know I would have started to question Am I supposed to be here? Did God really call me here? God said he would meet me here. I'm here, but there's no voice, there's no word, and there's no direction. Without a doubt, the days would drag by because he was alone in a, in a strange place. He's alone on a mountain in an environment that was, that was not conducive to living. His mind was probably filled with questions. I thought God called me here. I assumed he would be here when I showed up. But listen. Listen, everybody goes through those seasons. If I'm talking to somebody tonight that's relating just a little bit to what I'm talking about, I want to tell you, you're in good company. We came in here all dressed up tonight, looking nice and feeling like everything's wonderful as long as everybody looks at me and, and sees everything wonderful. But every one of us go through those days. Every one of us go through those seasons. I went through a season a few short years ago that seemed like it was from the world down under. We weren't expecting some of the things that we had to deal with. We weren't expecting COVID. We weren't expecting cancer in our own family. It was supposed to look a whole lot different than what it looked. Revival isn't supposed to be delayed. God, we were expecting your voice. We were expecting an influx of souls. We were expecting financial overflow. But all we see is a cloud. All I feel is alone. All I feel is that I'm trying to do your will and questioning if you even know where I am. Six days of turmoil without a voice. But there was a seventh day. Because the Bible said that on the seventh day God called out. <laughs> what did God say? We don't really know what God said other than I believe that God called Moses' name. I believe God spoke his name. It sounds like God may have called Moses by name, but we, we, we don't know exactly what we don't know exactly what God says, but we do know what God said to Moses before he went up the mountain. Before Moses went up the mountain, God said one thing to him. Go up the mountain and I will meet you there. I want you to stand on some faith tonight. Some of you have been climbing the mountain. Some of you, you're in the will of God. Some of you feel like I'm not, it's not happening for me. It's just not coming. I'm not getting my miracle. My healing is not coming. Nothing is happening. I'm going through it. It's dreary in my world. It's in a dark season of my life. Keep on climbing. God's word will be fulfilled. If he said he would meet you on the mountain, you can go ahead and be confident in the fact God God will meet you there. God didn't just tell him to go up a mountain. 
but he said, go up the mountain, and I want you to wait there. The King James Version uses this word, and just be there. You climb up the mountain, and you wait there. I came to remind the church that the folks that are responsible for this, the success of this church, I said it before I ever started, and I'm going to repeat it tonight because it's valuable and valid. I want you to understand the reason this church is where it is. It's because some people came and when the storm came and when you feel like you went through a season of no voice, you went through a season of nothing but cloud, you went through a season of no miracles, you went through a season of no harvest, you stayed. And that's what God said to Moses, come up the mountain and wait. stayed when there wasn't even a voice. I came here tonight to declare to somebody that has been living in the will of God, but life is coming against you. I'm gonna, yeah, I am going to talk about it. I'm going to share something with you tonight because sometimes we say it's the devil and sometimes it is the devil. But sometimes it's just life because it rains on the just and rains on the unjust. There's sometimes we just got to get up and call it for what it is. It's just life. I don't feel well today because maybe I didn't eat well yesterday. Or maybe I didn't rest well last night. It's not the devil. I'm not giving him credit for it. But I'm telling you that I'm still up. And I'm going to stay until the voice comes. I'm going to stay until the miracle comes. I'm going to stay until you work it out. Every promise that has been spoken over your life, every promise that has been spoken over this church will come to pass. And I'll tell you when it'll come to pass. It's when God decides it's time to show up. Oh, I know sometimes it just feels like you're spinning your wheels and you're not making progress. But God said, go and wait. And when Jesus was about to depart back after Calvary, after the death, burial, and resurrection, he tells the followers, he tells his followers to go and tarry, that word means wait. He tells them, go and wait in Jerusalem until you be filled with power from on high. Now I'm trying to help somebody here. I'm trying to help you understand that the very birthplace of this church was in the book of Acts, the second chapter. But without there being a Luke 24, there would have never been an Acts chapter 2. There had to be some people willing to go and to wait until. 
You want to know why the church is here today? Because some people heard the voice of Jesus when he said, go and wait. Your pastor's in this pulpit tonight telling you, we've got to go and we've got to wait. We've got to go and we've got to wait. Pastor, I've been evangelizing this city and nothing's happening. Keep on going and keep on waiting. Pastor, I've been teaching Bible studies. Everybody else's are successful. Mine fall out. Go and wait. I've been praying for my children. I've been praying for my family. Go and wait. I've been waiting for my lost loved one to be saved. Go and wait because the time is going to come. Just a few more minutes, I'm almost there. What would have happened if the followers of Jesus would have ignored his commandments of going and waiting? That would have never been in Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Let me go a little further. What if those who went and waited would have been impatient? And they would have waited a few minutes. Or they would have waited a day or two. Now, now come on with me here. Now, I, there's some things in Scripture that's, that's left out. I, I don't know. I don't know what that may have looked like. But there's about 120 gathered in a building. Not one day. Not two, not three, not four. About day number five, I'm guessing me and my sensitive nose. Lord, you said you wouldn't put more on me than I bear. <laughs> Here, I, I've done your, I think I've done my part, Lord. I think I've been here long enough. I'm waiting for you to show up. Listen, there's a lot of us that give up on our prayers. We give up on our prayers. We give up and we start we start giving out and we start giving in and we start packing up going home. We come to church and if it doesn't happen in the first 20 minutes, we say, well, this is what we're going to do afterward and we make our plan. We start praying and we pray for a day or two and then we give up. What if the disciples and the followers of Jesus would have gone to the upper room in the city of Jerusalem and would have waited until they were ready to leave. But Jesus said, go and wait. Somebody help me. Go and wait until. I could get somebody to wrap your, your, your heart around what I'm preaching right now. This needs to be more than just your head. You need to wrap your heart around this right now. There are some things God's promised you and you've been waiting and you feel like giving up. You feel like throwing in the tower, the towel. But I come tonight to tell you, keep on waiting. Wait until, wait until, wait until, wait until. It's coming. When's it coming, Pastor? I don't know. But just keep on waiting. Wait Wait until that prayer is going to be answered. When? When God says so. Wait until. Wait until. Wait until. Wait until something happens. But what are we going to do when we get there? I don't have all the answers. 
But the Lord just said, go and wait and see. I'm going to be transparent with you tonight. When I first felt impressed of the Lord to start the awakening 17 years ago, I did not know what the end was going to look like. I know that makes me look like an insignificant leader to some. But I didn't know what the end was going to look like. All I knew was that God was calling this church to something. What's he calling the church to? I don't know. I can't lay my finger on it. But I do know this much. He's calling us to prayer. He's calling us to fasting. He's calling us to the word. And we went there. And we went there. And we waited. And we prayed. And we fasted. And a little of it came. And we came again. And a year after year after year, we keep coming back. And people say, well, how many awakenings are we going to have until we're woke? Uh, I maybe shouldn't have used that word. But I came right now to tell somebody in this room, uh, we're going to keep climbing the mountain. We're going to keep tarrying. We're going to keep waiting. We're going to keep praying because God is eventually going to say this is the hour, this is the time and I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss it. What if those in the upper room, what if about day number eight they would have just started packing up? What if they would have just said, you know, I've been here long enough. I don't know what they did for food. I don't know what they did for baths. I don't know. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they did about their jobs, their occupation. All I know is is they went there and they tarried. They went there and they waited. I remember when Annette and I first came to Frankfurt. Uh, I, I remember one service particularly when the choir was singing and the only people in front worshiping that night. Annette and I have talked about this from time to time. I remember, I go back to that service time and time again. I remember where I was. I was right about in the center and my wife was right over here. Two of the boys of our sons were over here and one was over on the other side. There was a five of us. We were the only five. Here's the way it felt sometime. It felt like I preached and I worshiped when I preached. But that particular night, the choir was singing. And it wasn't a runaway service. It wasn't one of those owl, one of those banner services. And it was Annette and I and our three boys, and we were up front that night. And I was so discouraged at the end of service, and I went and I sat down on the front pew. And an elder came, and he put his arm around me and sat down on the front pew. And he said, Pastor, if it's nobody but me and you, we're going to keep praying and keep believing until revival comes, uh, until something shifts, uh, until there is an atmosphere break, uh, until something happens. Uh, And I remember grabbing a hold of that, uh, and I would come back again and again and again. I would preach, and nothing would happen. And then and I would go through seasons of discouragement. I would try to hide it from my boys, try to keep it from the church. Didn't want people to know that we were discouraged and struggling. And I wondered if God had sent us to Frankfurt. I wonder if God had really called us. I wondered if all the things that seemed to come to me and the words from the Lord that had come to me were were actually going to come to pass. It didn't look the way I thought it ought to look. But God just kept saying, Wait, wait. I don't know who I may be preaching to tonight, but there is a reward in the waiting. Pastor, I've been waiting a long while. Just keep on waiting. 
the promise is going to come. Just keep on waiting. Pastor, how long before my prayers are going to be answered? I wish I had an answer for you, but we're just going to keep on. I, I came tonight just to tell you, and I'm quickly closing, but I came tonight to tell you your healing is going to come. It will come. Your children are going to be saved. Come on, you got to keep believing it. you got to keep speaking it by faith. you got to keep declaring it. Don't let the enemy tell you that it's a lost cause. Don't let the enemy tell you you're always going to live with what you're living with. I can only imagine the atmosphere in the upper room that day when they sat there in one mind and one accord. I think that may be the only way that they could make it was because they were in one mind and one accord. Oh, I, I hope this settles on you right now. I'm going to tell you what the church needs to do when it feels like your prayers aren't being answered and it feels like God won't come. You need to find somebody that you can get together with. We need to gather in one mind and one accord. I need an encourager. I need somebody to strengthen me. I need somebody to come together and say, come on, brother, you can make it. Come on, sister, we're waiting until. It hasn't happened, but we wait until. I'm telling you, every time this church assembles, we ought to gather together and and worship like today is the day that it's going to happen. There's something that happens in the atmosphere. The spirit world knows that something happened. When we come in the midst of God not answering, but we come and worship anyway. God knows where you are. I know some of you have been waiting in the silence of God for a long time for your miracle. But I feel like tonight God's voice is, is going to speak. In due season, God's voice is going to speak. Six long days Moses waited on the mountain. Six is the number of man. Most men would have left by the sixth day. But not Moses. He was sent. And when he got there, he stayed. Most men would have walked back down the mountain by the sixth day. But seven is God's number. And on the seventh day, God broke the silence and his voice thundered out of the midst of the cloud. What happened on that mountain was so powerful that when the children of Israel looked up on the mountain and they looked into the cloud, the scripture said it looked to them like it was a devouring fire. be too complex for me to try to draw the parallel but the people in this city are not seeing what we are seeing on the mountain in Acts chapter 2 they came and thought they were drunk the reason they thought they were drunk because they hadn't been tarrying for 10 days they hadn't been waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost they hadn't been waiting for it to come. I want to tell you tonight, you're not seeing. You're not seeing what the spirit world is seeing. Moses was so caught up in what God was doing that he stayed on the mountain in God's presence for 40 days. I feel like tonight God's voice is about to break the silence and his presence is about to be made known in somebody's life. 
came here today to declare that after our season of waiting, there is a time that God is going to speak. And when he speaks, people around you are going to wonder in the awesomeness of what God is doing in your life. Lift your hands all over the room right now. I want to speak to every heart that has been troubled, to every person that's been waiting, to every person that's fighting and struggling and waiting for God. I came today just to remind you, he, hadn't, he hasn't forgotten you. His promises are yea and amen. He's with you. He's holding with you. He's walking with you. You may not see him, but he's there. I believe God was on that mountain the whole time. Moses just never saw him. And when the fullness of time had come, Scripture says it like this, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they're in one mind, in one place, in one accord, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all, who? Everybody that tarried, everybody that waited until it came to them. I want to encourage you tonight. Don't let the enemy rob you of what God is trying to do in your life. Make up your mind right now. I am going to wait until it happens. I am going to wait until it happens. Come on, declare it with me right now. These altars are open if you want to walk to the front or you can pray where you are. But I speak to every mountain in your life right now. I speak to every person that's struggling and going through hardship right now. Come on, let faith arise in this house. Let the breath of God come upon this congregation right now. In Jesus' name, oh God. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. Come on, declare. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Wait I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm tarrying, Lord. I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm not turning. 